Hello, hello. Hey, it's me. Um, I'm just happily sitting. It's Friday evening and did a bit of close eye. I won't call it a meditation, but rather just listening to music. Uh, listening to Shiva, <laughs> Shiva Mantra. And it really was feeling good after it's been like such a crazy week so much work and I just feel like I lose myself when I work too much um, it's like I give too much of myself I spread myself thin and then I feel angry with myself for doing that and then I feel like imbalanced in general so at least I'm conscious about it, you know. Um, one of the biggest realizations, or at least something I'm trying to deal with um, and let go, is idol worship. So I call it just simply as idol worship, but it really is also the form of, in the form of, um, you know, just putting someone else above you, just admiring someone. I would always look up to people as so-called leaders. Um, I mean, and they are, they are good leaders in their own right, right? It's like I've met really inspiring people who have huge heart and very, very big aura, you know, um, who have made a difference in my life. I think in a way, their legacy for me is I have seen them in person. Um, I've seen how they have comported um, and it just makes me feel like, wow, you know, I mean, I'm not going to get to that because I, I do have the opportunity to have met a lot of very special, inspiring leaders. But here's the but. <laughs> The but is, before, I would just put them up on a pedestal. It's like, you know, they're like, almost like God, right? They're like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not like them. I put myself down, and there's almost like this um, hierarchy. I would put them above. So, by doing that, I deliberately shortchange myself yeah so and I would paint the picture red I'll paint the picture pink you know very rosy colored hues I'll just see them all I'll see them as perfect just perfect uh, in a very almost naive way like not questioning not you know, for me, once you are in that position of wowness, um, you're not coming down from that pedestal. And I've come to realize, and this is only very recently, that there is no need to put people up on a pedestal. And there's no need for me to put myself down because 
even if it's just in the mind, just by doing that, I have already, in a way, give them too much power, you know, and, and then I come to realize, or I don't realize as quickly, because I've been blinded by this blind worship, that they're not perfect either, um, and, well, when they do fall from grace, because they did something, or, um, they behaved in a way that was really questioning my initial sense of respect in some house, you know, um, falling from my criteria, you know. I mean, they're just completely perfect the way they are. It's just that me, I've put them up in a pedestal. So when they fall short, because everyone's human, right? But in my perception, they're not human, they're God. So when they fall short of being God, then I become utterly disappointed and um, furious and then angry and then betrayed. And I feel like then it comes like a boomerang back to me and go, well, you know, all these spiraling thoughts like, what's wrong with me? How did I have such a bad, poor judgment? Um, how could I have ever thought of such a such a such a thing? And then I start questioning myself, and then my faith in myself gets shaky. <clears throat> but now that I can see it in retrospect, you know, I just look at it from a distance, and I go, "Whoa, <laughs> whoa! Why did I give them the power in the first place?" I think that's sometimes we cannot see people as um, all perfect, all encompassingly, omnipresently good. They are just the way they are, you know, and they're perfect the way they are, but that doesn't make, there's no comparison. And we always have this comparison, it seems. It's like there's always this yardstick, oh, me versus them. Oh, let's compare. Oh my God, I fall so short. Oh my God, they're so high above. And that comparison is um, misleading. And, and we're not giving ourselves a fair chance. And we're not giving them a fair chance to be human. And we set up all these unrealistic perceptions that really affects the, 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 the flow, you know, of reality. So, so that's where, you know, I have come to see and adjust my expectations of people too, and uh, not to put people up on a high ground, yeah, and, and not to give my f the, that power away, I have to always remember myself to center myself and ground myself. It, it doesn't mean being proud and arrogant and thinking that oh, I'm so high and mighty. It's far from that. It's that I have to learn to recenter myself and say that, well, there is no so-called superhuman who is going to save the day. You know, whether it's in the form of a super boss or 
super, I don't know, chairman or super someone, super government. There's no such thing as super. And the super only becomes super when everybody, every super person works together in a superb way, period. And, and that is empowering. It's a bit scary, I would say, because it means that you have to step up within your own mind and, and say that, well, I have to take the responsibility and I have to take the courage to lead myself and the situation and that there's no savior. You know, it's like we're all co-creating our reality. Um, no need to rely and put our utter reliance on someone to shift the situation. We need to shift the situation ourselves. I need to shift the situation myself. And uh, no one's going to do that for me. And I can't expect someone to do that for me. I can't expect someone to be making all the right moves either. Sometimes they're going to fall and falter. And that's just being human like me. And that they're no different. You know, some, when we start to put people up on the pedestal, they become inapproachable. It's like you've already put a, a wall. Like You can't talk to them eye to eye because you feel you're falling short already. So you already put up a barrier, bam, an invisible barrier, but a very powerful barrier. So I think when you put those walls down and say, well, this person is just human like me, it doesn't matter what his role or title or whatever, or no matter how much respect you have for this person's qualities, he's still human and like me. No more special than I am or he is or she is or shim is, right, we've got Someone told my, my, my good friend Simon told me there's 31 genders in New York City. So, you know, no offense, whoever, whatever gender you think you are, um, <laughs> we're no different from one another. And, and that comes to the point, a very interesting one we had discussion is about these 31 genders. Because um, I think that we're all feeling pretty lost in the younger generation, perhaps. And New York City, no wonder, it's like, it's New York City, <laughs> the big apple, where everybody, you know, it's a city life. Everyone is crammed up one upon the other and piled up and, you know, there's a lot of rat race, you know, a lot of, compar a lot of comparison, a lot of this uh, success factor, right, like, to be seen, to be beautiful, to be successful, to have a perfect body, a perfect mind, a perfect everything, and everybody's extreme. That no wonder people are starting to not identify themselves with the mainstream because they are disconnected. That's it. They're just disconnected and they're lost. They're like, what the heck? <laughs> and so because we feel lonely, um, disconnected from the reality, that you create your sense of reality and you create your gender. It's a way of asserting to say that, look at me, I'm here, I exist and I'm different. It's a way of, I believe people 
asking for love, asking for to be seen, and trying to assert themselves, giving themselves a term, a title, which is, sure, why not? But it's not about the gender that's in the organ anymore. It's about what kind of energetic fingerprint do you have? You know, it's like, because in truth, we're neither men nor women. We're um, nama rupa, which is mind and body, intention, um, the cause and the effect, physicality and mentality. So there's really no men versus women. We're kind of gender neutral, if you wish. It's like yin and yang. It both exist in men as in women, you know. Like we've got masculine traits and uh, got feminine traits in every one of us. And I can connect with plants. So I can say I'm a plant. Uh, I can connect with my dog. I could say I'm a dog. I could connect with a mountain. And I talk to my house. So I could say I'm a house. It's, I think more and more we want to, and this is fantastic actually, is that we're shifting to a new paradigm where we, we're dropping these social kind of norms. Like we're really challenging. Like I can see that shifting consciousness to challenge the status quo a lot. Like the sense of identity is being shaken. It's like I don't want to be identified as a guy or as a woman because it's so limiting. That is... That's awesome. I would say kudos to whoever has stated that this is my new gender and made a change. Okay, you know, it also means that it's creating some awkwardness and some barriers with people. You know, we, we can't just s demand, you know, we have to also understand. I think that's the thing. So we have to forgive ourselves and try to love come to accept ourselves first and feel comfortable in our own body and mind and accept that I am different and I'm special, I'm unique and I'm divine, period. But that acceptance of our own self and our own energy and our unique DNA, energetic DNA, is the work that um, every one of us got to do internally. We, and, and again, coming up with another gender is like another stereotype. It's another title. It's like we're just adding on to it. Is that really solving the question? We have to come down to always what is the root cause. The root cause is a sense of disconnection in society. People feeling very disconnected from the metrics. The metrics, which is the social norm of how we operate. Why are we so fragmented? Why do we behave like a certain way at work? And then with our friends, we behave in a certain way that's different. And then with our family members, we're in a different way. We put on different hats and we put on a different mask, like Shakespeare says, you know, like on a stage to perform. And so by doing that, um, we are tearing ourselves apart. We're not authentic. We forgot who we are. 
it's becoming totally, you know, uh, putting up, putting up an appearance to please others or to conform out of what? Out of fear? I think it's out of fear and out of ignorance and out of a wanting to belong because we feel we don't belong and we want to feel loved because we don't love ourselves. I mean, right? Interesting discussion. I want to be as authentic as I, I can possibly be and I, I don't want to be someone else. If, if I'm someone who loves to laugh and I'm informal and uh, <laughs> I'm a bit crazy, I want to be the same person at work. It doesn't matter whoever I'm talking to. And if they cannot accept me, that's okay. And, and that's also something that the work to do is if you are triggering someone else because of the way you are, it bounces back to you and sometimes we get hurt. We go like, oh, damn, you know, we, we're not pleasing that person. We get initially very hurt and then we modify ourselves a little bit slightly. We temper our, our personality a little bit slightly because we felt hurt and we don't want to hurt again ourselves. And so we modify to please. And there we are slowly forgetting ourselves again. So right now, I mean, I'm in my beautiful 40s. I love the 40s because I have so much more confidence than before. So say, well, screw you. If you cannot accept me for who I am, then uh, that's okay. That's your problem, not my problem. It's, it's just The person is just completely projecting their insecurities over to you, which is why they cannot accept you, right? Uh, if I'm a tree hugger and someone goes, oh, look at me. So, yeah, okay, that's your problem. You don't love trees, go, go. You don't have to look my way, come on. If I want to dance naked and someone's going, oh, oh, oh. well, okay, then, you know, look somewhere else then. Let me be who I am. And that kind of um, audacity almost is, for me, is is one step forward for myself to, to be my authentic self because I'm, I realize it's also something from the childhood, all right? Um, depends what kind of childhood you have, but yeah, I, was, I had a pretty good childhood. I think my parents allowed me to be crazy and to be a kid and to be extravagant and extroverted. And they actually, my mom encouraged me a lot to be like that. So I'm not apologetic for who I am. That comes from the same upbringing that my mom has always reinforced in me to be who I am and not to apologize and it's like it's it's great I, I, a lot of people have issues with being gregarious because they're afraid they're going to offend someone by being themselves and like my mom's like screw them it's their problem not yours <laughs> but then my dad's a different animal and he's you know but well you know me and my mom are two ladies who have I think defeated my dad. So, <clears throat> so that's that's the whole gender bender, thirty one genders um, discussion. It's really about accepting ourselves and not wanting to fit in just because society says that you have to be a woman or a man. It's the same way as marriage, you know. It's like, 
Why do we have these institutions set up, right? Do we really need a boss at work? Do we? Do we need to be bossed around? I mean, that's the thing. I think societies can work very well collectively, maybe without even a so-called leader making all the decisions for them. You know, but all this thing is, is a new society. And that also depends on the willingness, the, the courage, and the personal power of every human being to step up and to participate. You know, and to participate means to show up into the, the ring and participate and lend your voice and speak up that's when the society is going to co-create collectively. But if we just being playing the hero worshiping game, right? And I'm just a nobody and that person's my hero and he's gonna make all the decisions. I give all my trust and power and faith in someone like that. It means I've already crushed myself. I have no voice. Even if I am a million people, this million people have no voice. They are like severed heads. You know, they're not gonna participate, and they feel like losers already. They feel powerless. If you feel powerless inside, what change are you gonna make? So, I I like to observe the shift in um, society. And amongst the youth, and I, you know, we, we see a lot of this coming up, and I think it's really society, and a lot of people are waking up um, to say no, to, to say I want to be part of, and I don't want to be just a by-watcher, I want to be an active participant. And I want to have a vote, I want to have a say. Um, and a lot of youth are are very enlightened in that way. They're very active. They're very political, and they're. I mean, I don't have to look far. I just look at my daughter. You know, she's like, oh my gosh, she's standing her ground against her own parents. So, it's sort of offends uh, my my hubby. <laughs> it's a bit old-fashioned but for me I'm like hey girl you, you gotta you gotta set you know you have to step up for yourself and if they don't rebel at home well, they're never going to stand up for themselves in society that's for me it's refreshing and I just sometimes when I'm tired I get upset and I get triggered and I'll yell back but most of the time I'm like, way to go, girl. Like, <laughs> and her her teacher just told me this week that Eva's, uh, my, my daughter's got a fantastic um, natural ability to be a leader. and She's very respected. And I think that's because she speaks up, she participates, she lends her voice and she says something. And she's happy, she says, I'm happy. If I'm not happy, I'm not happy. You know, she's not trying to please someone. She's just, being herself and that's where you have to be pretty strong because sometimes when you are being authentic and you say no means no, not interested, I don't want a part of this, oh, I'm not keen, 
It offends others, triggers someone else, because they want you to comply, you know, almost like force you to comply. And that authority figure would be upset with you, but she doesn't care. It's like, you know, it's, it's not cold-blooded, but it's like she's actually doing herself a justice. Because if she said yes to us, she's actually saying no to herself. And that's how this situation creeps up. I'm like 43. When I was young, I was never like my daughter. I would always say yes when in my heart I said no. And so I denied myself a lot of things. Um, I'm trying to please someone else more than putting my own needs first. And then I get lost in the process. I don't understand what I want anymore. I'm like, uh, actually, what? And then I'm afraid to ask also. Just afraid to ask for who, what I want. Because I've always been thinking more about how can I please others? How can I not offend others? It's like walking on eggshells. So, it's it's a journey. You know, it's, it's definitely not um, saying that I've arrived. You never arrive. You know, it's like, what's the point of arriving? You're dead when you arrive. Um, it's a journey. I think it's a journey of awakening. Um, it's a journey, and 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 this journey is like a prickly thorns. It's, it's not going to be a joyride, and you always meet up with different kind of energetic fields. Some of which are you will be attracted to and some of which will oppose you a lot and you have to you know know how to shift and move and navigate your way through but i start to see more and more clearly that we're really just energy um and when you feel there's a blockage it's um how can i shift that energy but first work with that energy within yourself and not give the focus away by focusing on the other person and saying, oh yeah, it's the government, it's, you know, it's atrocities, it's society, it's the boss, it's whatever, it's my kids, it's, you know, whenever we blaming other people and pointing to the finger pointing business, it's them, it's them, it's them, they're the problem. We feel very powerless. We're no longer part of the game. We don't lend our voice because we've just given our voice away by saying it's them their fault, you know, um, and we're not looking at ourselves, it's, it's, it's difficult, isn't it, to look at ourselves. So it's difficult to step up and say, well, there's no one who's going to save the situation, I better do something about it. If I'm not happy with this, well, then nobody else is happy with it. So if, you know, let's do something about it, and I'll try my best. And and be open about it. I'm going to try my best. Maybe this is not the right way, but at least let's try. And being candid and honest and expressing your intentions is never a bad thing. And this takes courage. But it's worth it. I think it's worth the battle to be... Um, to step up and to let yourself be seen and be visible and to be heard, <sighs> to be heard. Don't squash your voice. Let your voice be heard because everyone has superb ideas 
But if we don't say it out, we don't express it. We don't express our feelings, our thoughts, our ideas. We take it with us into our grave. And it's too late. You never let your voice be heard. And you've never been able to shift the course of your life. Because you felt like you were always being pulled by the currents of society and everything else. And that you're just flowing along without having the energy to set the course of the flow of water according to where you want to go. So that's um, a very imagery metaphor that I'm painting in my head, but we want to go to the ocean. If you imagine that you're coming from the mountain, you want to flow into the ocean. And it's uh, the ocean of happiness, the ocean of awakening. Um, how to get to the ocean? There's a lot of obstacles and paths, and there's a lot of choices to be made. So by being conscious and having a conscious, alert mind and being, you know, and seeing the big picture, you can then map out the course of your life and how to get to the ocean. First, it's what is happiness to you? What, what, where is the goal? Where do you want to go? I think having that very clear compass in your head and saying this is what I want and this is what I would like to achieve concretely, at least try to, <laughs> It first you have to look into yourself and understand yourself. You know, what is it I like and what is it I don't like and being honest with yourself. Then you'll start to see the ocean very clearly and very more clearly, and then uh, you'll find your way. So, I'm wishing myself the courage to continue to be my own leader, to lend my voice in the process of my own awakening, and so therefore the awakening of others, because if I can be a light to myself, I can be a light to others. And, uh, and to acknowledge that all of us are inherently good and all of us are inherently enlightened beings and there's no need to put up someone on a pedestal or put down someone <laughs> neither. And, uh, we're all in a level playing field, you know. There's no finger pointing of who's good, who's bad, who's better, who's worse. It's um, it's not a competition, it's not a rat race. We're all individually gifted and unique. And we're all points of energy, that's it. So I wish you a beautiful evening. And yeah, may you and may I and may us be awakened and be a source of light. Bye!